We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, sir. Just like that. 25 days of Christmas begin. <laughs> It is Thursday, December 1st. Keith McPherson back on the fan after about a week off. Took a week to uh, go overseas, take my wife back to London where I proposed, go back to the spot that I proposed, go and see and do more things than we did last time. Last time was the London series, 2019, when the Yankees faced the Red Sox. Uh, back then, I think I went to Dublin for a day, night, into the next day, and this time I wanted to go see Amsterdam, which is awesome. If you get a chance to slide to Amsterdam and ride bikes and eat Stroop waffles and do what the Amsterdam people do for a day, go do that. I saw the uh, Anne Frank house, which was like you know me adding something to the trip that wasn't all fun and games, some history. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I know the history, but like actually going on that tour and being in the Anne Frank house, they don't let you take any pictures in there. Understandable. There's there's a lot in there and it's heavy. Um, what else did I do? I mean, I did a bunch out there. I know you guys don't care about that, but I mean, I'm sure there's some people that don't follow me on Instagram, didn't see my TikToks or, you know, my stuff on on Twitter. Um, probably wondering where I've been the last week. I was in London for like uh, five nights, and I, I spent one uh, night in Amsterdam, uh, just my wife and I getting a uh, uh, trip overseas. You know, that whole pandemic thing stopped uh, people from going overseas. So had to get that in before the year ended. Now back to the topics of discussion, the topics at hand. Uh, we're jumping all around. Like I said, I've been gone, so I missed a few things. Like uh, in my notes, I'm like, wait, T.O. at age 48 beat up a guy at CVS? What's going on? OBJ, OBJ, I thought OBJ was about to sign with the Dallas Cowboys. Wasn't Thursday the Odell Beckham Jr. Bowl? Wait, OBJ got removed from his flight going from Miami to L.A. on Sunday? What's going on with that? I don't know. United States beats Iran. Oh, excuse me, Iran. I know you guys had to have heard that disrespectful reporter that felt like he was above the athlete that he was interviewing. And he basically said something to him along the lines of like, you're, you're, you're not pronouncing my country's name correctly. Let's get this right for once and for all or something like that. His tone rubbed me the wrong way. And I think it rubbed the United States team the wrong way and a lot of other Americans the wrong way. And then boom, USA shocks the world, one nothing. I mean, a bunch happened while I was gone. But tonight we're talking about the Nets and the Knicks. 
Those games just happened. The Nets get a win. The Knicks were right there. The, um, uh, the, the Knicks could have won that game. That's a game you have to steal against the top team. Like I said, a team that hadn't played since Sunday. A team whose best player fouls out. He's off the floor. You got to take that game. Grayson Allen knocks down a three. RJ can't match it. They end up losing by six, and the spread was minus six, I believe, depending on what sports book you use. I don't know what to tell you about uh, the Knicks. Uh, like I said, I, they're in 10th place. I expect them to be a play-in team, and that should be the goal. But that's not that's not the goal for any team, right? The goal is to like get in the playoffs and win a championship. The goal shouldn't be to creep in this newly formatted playoffs and be one of the last teams and then have to do that whole janky setup where if you lose, you play the other team that lost. Like You want to just be in and not have to worry about that. But uh, Vernon, call me back if you get a chance. I did want to talk to you about the Knicks and Tommy Tibbs and the roster and Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett and Jalen Brunson and what you think about that. Nets fans, I'll still take your calls on the Nets. Like I say, they never know Nets. You never know what you're going to get with these guys. They're a mixed bag right now, but I'm hoping that they lock in and they keep winning games under Jacques Vaughn and KD keeps playing at an MVP level and Ben Simmons gets gets healthy and Utah gets healthy and then TJ Warren comes back and then it's like, wait a second, the Nets have a lot of talent. When I went to media day, that was what I really thought. As I sat there... And obviously the first two players to come up and speak to the media were KD and Kyrie. And then they just kept rolling through players. Nick Claxton, Joe Harris, Seth Curry. And I'm like, yo, the Nets have a few guys. Patty Mills, Royce O'Neal, Ben Simmons, Utah, Cam Thomas, De'Ron Sharp, Kessler Edwards. These young guys that played for the Nets last year, they're not even playing. David Duke. So, David Duke Jr., excuse me, so you don't get confused there. Um, Nets fans, call me up and tell me how you feel. They're a game over 500. It seems like winning cures all. It seems like the nonsense that the Nets were dealing with early in the year is in the past, and they're going on a little run here. It is officially the start of week three in the NFL, or week three. Um, see, folks, this is what's going on with me. It's week 13. Obviously, I know it's not week three. I just told you it was December 1st, but... I was in London for a week, and in London right now, it is 5 a.m., so if I was still overseas, I would be asleep right now, but I'm running off of energy drinks and green tea, happy to be back, just got to get all my thoughts together and, and say the right things. It's week 13. What does that mean? Deshaun Watson is coming back. What? And the way that the NFL script is, you know, of course he's coming back and he's facing his former team in Houston. 700 days since his last game. What's he going to look like? What's the crowd going to look like? They don't usually attract fans. Are people going to show up to see their former quarterback? Supposedly, the lawyer that, uh, you know, represented some of the women that filed lawsuits against Deshaun Watson. Supposedly, he's got a suite, and 10 of these women are coming to watch the game. Let's see. Uh, Tony Busby. Attorney Tony Busby says he has a suite at the Browns-Texans game this Sunday in Houston, and that 10 of the women he represented uh, against Watson have told him they plan on being in attendance. Come on, yo. We'll, we'll talk about that if you guys want to talk about that. I feel like the Deshaun Watson to- topic didn't get enough conversation. 
when we had it, and it's kind of fallen to the background. And now it's just like, oh, let's see what the guy looks like. His teammates are excited about his return, and we're welcoming him back. And okay, we saw a little bit of what the crowd response would be in preseason. Um, <laughs> I remember the Jaguars. It was Browns-Jaguars preseason, and uh, <laughs> a couple bros were chanting, you sick F, you sick F. <laughs> So I can't wait to see what they come up with in Houston uh, for Deshaun Watson. What else? Obviously, locally, I've already talked about this Vikings matchup with Mike White and the Jets. The great white hype. I mean, Mike White just has to go out there and distribute the pill. I've been saying that for a long time. I played quarterback. No, I wasn't that good. But the quarterback's job is to just call the plays, execute the plays, Get the ball into your playmaker's hands. Zach Wilson couldn't do that. Mike White is not the next uh, superstar in this NFL. Let me tell you that much. And for the people hoping that, that he's like a franchise quarterback for the Jets, the Jets can do better. The Jets can do better. Mike White is a serviceable backup. And I think with the talent that the Jets have around him, right now he's more than serviceable. Because they're coming, they're coming off of watching Zach Wilson not be able to do anything, really. Not be able to complete screen passes. And I expect Mike White against the Bears to go out and do what he did. And I also expect him to have a similar stat line. Maybe uh, they open up the playbook a little bit more against the Vikings, who have the worst passing defense in the NFL. But what makes up for that, right? The you know, Vikings at one point were 8-1, and one, and they beat the Bills, and it was like, oh, they're... They might be actually legit this year. They're, they're, they might be the best team. And then the Cowboys spanked them, and they came back down to earth, and they got a win or whatever. Uh, the thing that keeps the Vikings going is their weapons. Justin Jefferson, Jay Jettas. Jay Jettas might be the best receiver in the NFL. If Dalvin Cook is right, they usually win when he's running the ball well. Um, you got Madison backing him up. They got Thielen, K.J. Osborne. Irv Smith, they've got enough weapons, and they went and got uh, TJ Hawkinson. Um, they got enough weapons to, you know, keep pace with a Josh Allen or whoever it may be. Not against the Cowboys, though. And I think the Jets will be looking hard at that Cowboys film. Rush the passer and uh, have your best corner on Justin Jefferson, like a Trayvon Diggs, obviously Sauce Gardner in this case. Have your best corner on him, and you should be able to control the game, win that game. Thursday night football kicks off with the Bills and the Patriots. That's going to be a good game. Obviously, they're battling, and in, 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 in that AFC East, man, all, all of those teams are battling right now for position as the season comes down to an end. Uh, Colts and Cowboys on Sunday night football. They're not flexing that game. They're leaving it. Jeff Saturday versus... Uh, Mike McCarthy, we'll see it. I don't know. There's some good games this week. Commanders-Giants, we haven't talked about the Giants at all tonight. I definitely want to get into that. Uh, the Giants coming off of a loss on Thanksgiving, a tough loss, a game that, you know, calls didn't go their way, a game that they were up early in, a game that they had chances, couldn't make a couple throws, a couple plays. How do they bounce back? How do they respond at home? They come home now, and the narrative has changed a little bit. Right, People aren't riding so high on the Giants now. I, I think it's just like they've come back down to earth some, but they still have talent, 
And they still have guys on that team that can go out there and beat the commanders. I know that the commanders are looking better with Taylor Heineke than they were with Carson Wentz. They've been rolling lately. And the way this is set up, the commanders go Giants by week and then uh, Giants again. They host the Giants. But the Giants are hosting them at home. And the Washington commanders, formerly the Washington football team, the Deadskins, they're favored to come into MetLife and get a win. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites on Sunday. And I think the Giants got to stand up and take a game, right? They got to stand up and, uh, you know, fight for their season, fight for their chance to make the playoffs. And the commanders are a team that they can beat. I know Aziz Ojolari is coming back for the Giants, but Chase Young is coming back on the other side. Giants fans, tell me how you're feeling. I know uh, you probably weren't expecting to feel any of this, right? You probably weren't expecting to be in this position this year. Uh, I listen to Tiki and Tierney, and I, I see people turning on Daniel Jones again. Uh, this guy can't win. Uh, you know, obviously he he had uh, some tough throws in the last couple of weeks, but I mean he's out there with no one. And uh, if Saquon isn't going, the Giants aren't winning games. So you got to get Saquon going, and I think Daniel Jones going on the ground too. And uh, I think they got a shot this week. But you know, I've opened it up. I think the conversation around uh, Aaron Judge. And the news that came out today is what's going to dominate uh, the conversation. I know uh, Craig and Evan opened up the show talking about the World Cup and that win. And uh, they talked a little bit about Judge. And here's what I think with Judge. I just think that right now we are in um, this window uh, with the winter meetings. 877-337-6666 if you'd like to chime in on anything I've spoken on. Oh, I did go and look for... Uh, some information about the winter meetings. I had it in front of me, and I'll pull it up. But I think where we are with Judge, I think everyone just knows it's a two-team race, and really it's a one-team race. Sure, I'm a biased Yankees fan. I feel like the Yankees aren't going to lose him. Um, But I think where we're at now is rumor time. Okay, Jeff Passan reports that the Yankees did offer Eight years, $300 million. Wait, 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 wait. I thought Judge's camp didn't want the Yankees leaking any more information. I thought that they were rubbed the wrong way last time that happened. Wait, now are they going to be rubbed the wrong way again and lean towards the Giants? I don't know. I don't think it's going to come down to that. When people ask me where is Aaron Judge going, I say to the highest bidder. And with the Giants coming out saying they will not be outbid, I think that's cap. I don't think they're in a position really to go toe-to-toe with the New York Yankees for their own guy. And please don't forget that. Aaron Judge is a Yankee, and he's in line to be the next captain. And the New York Yankees know how valuable he is to their brand, so I think they're playing the game a little bit. I don't know where where Passan gets his information from, but I've seen Passan in the media area Yankee Stadium. I'm sure he's connected to the Yankees. I don't know if he's talking to Aaron Judge's people. And I think this is all negotiation tactics as we walk into the winter meetings Sunday. So uh, with the winter meetings, I think uh, we had a caller say something along the lines of maybe it happened Sunday. And I immediately said, nah, I don't think it um, happened Sunday. Because there is a schedule and not everyone is even there on Sunday. So it starts Sunday but that's a travel day for a lot of the guys. And and I'm trying to find this article with the rundown because, like, they don't – okay, here it is. Key events. Sunday, December 4th is the Hall of Fame Contemporary Era Ballot. Results are, are released, 
And it's going to be Albert Bell, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Don Mattingly, Fred McGriff, Dale Murphy, Rafael Palmero, and Kurt Schilling. So Sunday, like they, that's the first thing they're doing. That's not a day where they're going to be um, negotiating and talking to anyone. Like that's not that's not it. But then Monday is when it kicks off. Um, the all MLB team will be announced, and that's when they expect to start the business week, to start the winter meetings, and everyone be out there. Tuesday, December six is the inaugural. Did I say that wrong? I don't know. Let me take my headphones off. Inaugural draft lottery. So then you have that, right? This is the first year they're going to have a lottery system for Major League Baseball. Then the ALNL relievers of the year are announced. Then Wednesday is the Rule 5 draft. So they have a schedule for things that are going to be happening. I would do not expect Aaron Judge to be signed. I don't expect him to be signed Sunday through Wednesday. I think Wednesday is the earliest he potentially signs because it might be the type of thing where it's like, hey, all right, we know where we're at. We know what the Giants are the Giants are willing to do. We know what the Yankees are willing to do. There's only going to be a couple offers. They're not going to go back and forth eight times. They're going to go back and forth two, three times. We're not far away from the number. And for the folks saying Aaron Judge is being greedy or is $300 million not enough, it's not about that. It's, it's not about greed. It's not about is it enough. We know that $300 million is way too much to pay one human to play baseball for the next eight, nine years, whatever. It's not greed. He has to do this for all of the players before and after him, really after him. But, like, the Players Association and what they fought the owners for, these these owners are billionaires. These owners have a lot of money. They make a ton of money. And as players... Right, The top free agent has to go out there and get top dollar. Max Scherzer went out there and got top dollar. And then after that, he was in the meetings, you know, fighting for the Players Association, was ready to push the season back another week if need be. Aaron Judge has to go and get the biggest deal that he can get and set like a precedent for the next few years. Aaron Judge has to go get the most money he can get for the rest of the players that are going to sign. This uh, offseason, he's going to set the market. And the last thing I'll say about it before we get to the phones, 877-337-6666, is that Judge has to do this, and then the rest of the offseason can start, right? Once Judge comes off the board, then you can figure out where Bogarts is going and Carlos Correa and Trey Turner and Brandon Nimmo and Jacob deGrom and Benintendi and Rodon and everybody else's name who's been floating around. Aaron Judge has to be signed by the Yankees, I think, in the next two weeks, max. But I honestly think, you know, it's December 1st now. The winter meetings start on the 4th. They conclude the 7th. I think in this window, as you know, now we're on the first day of Christmas. We're on the 1st of December. I'm putting two weeks on it. Less than two weeks. The 14th, a week after winter meetings. I think it's done by the 14th. I think by the time we get to the middle of this month, it's done. Because people are going to want to start going on their trips and their vacations that weekend, right? Hanukkah starts on the 19th. Folks are going to be checking out that week. Christmas is the 24th. I think 10 days before, or Christmas is the 25th. Like, I must be cooked to actually say Christmas is the 24th. <laughs> Christmas Eve is the 24th. We all know Christmas is the 25th. Uh, bear with me. I think it's the 14th, though, folks. I think that's the that's the, the limit. I think that might even be given in a couple days. 
I think Aaron Judge signs sometime next weekend. Tom is in the Bronx. Tom, you're on the fan. Help me out. I'm sure you can talk better than I can talk. All right, here we go, Key. You're a top-shelf talent. That was an impressive gauntlet you just ran through. Um, I was calling about the Yankees, but you sparked up something where they interviewed this kid, Tyler, uh, from the soccer team. Tyler Adams, yeah. Yeah, he's a New York kid. Yeah, yeah, I just started learning about him uh, and, and his upbringing and his background, and I'm like, I, I thought he, he handled business uh, on the podium with what he said, and then they went out and handled business on the field. You got to love it. Uh, yeah, phenomenal. Like, you, and there's a couple things about the soccer I like. The arrogance of America to straight up call it soccer. Whatever you call it, we call it something different, you know? <laughs> oh, and yeah. uh, They're over there you, chanting, you know it's called soccer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, you were in England when we beat or when yeah, we tied them. I watched might the, as well be a win. I watched the whole uh, USA versus England match. These blokes have their own chants. These Brits oh, yeah. are getting excited. But then as the game got on longer, they were they grew Blimey. frustrated. And uh, even one of the bartenders were like, hey, yeah. so, you know, some of these hooligans are going to want to fight if they lose they this game. <laughs> and yeah. I'm just sitting there drinking beers, watching. I had an American flag bandana and an NYC <laughs> T-shirt. Like, whatever. Like, I literally didn't even care who won or lost. But for the United States to draw, that was a win for the United States. 100%. And you could tell they were salty about it. Oh, soccer. Yeah, they hate that. Soccer. Yeah. Uh, but then that's I get that interview. And I don't know if it's just because America's been uh, been a little crazy in the desert over the past few years, you know, a couple decades. We've been, you know, it's like that guy really had it had some pent up stuff against America that all came out. Um, and, and you know what? Not to cut you off, what I thought was crazy huh. about that. He asked this black man, "I'm a black man. This is America." He asked this black man, "How do you feel about playing for the United States?" All of the issues that African Americans, black people have in the United States. The whole world saw the Black Matter, uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. How do you feel playing for a country that you know treat that doesn't treat um, African Americans fairly? Something along those lines. Big Bro, moment you're, for him, yeah. you're from Iran. <laughs> like, don't he like. Knew. He knew that was gonna. <laughs> like you, you. He knew that you shouldn't be speaking to an American soccer player. Your press, your media, right? Right. We don't want to turn. We don't want to turn the mic around and ask you about the human rights issues in Iran that have been yep. there, right? You're talking about our issues, and Tyler Adams handled it well. He said we're working on it, man. We've made some progress. We're working on things, and he he shared his own experience. He's a black guy that I think was adopted by white parents, so he talked about that, and 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 he apologized for you know pronouncing it Iran and not Iran. And then I love the fact that you know he was humble. And uh, they went out there and beat them. And now it's like, what What say you now? You know, I think that reporter, there, there might be some smoke for him when he gets back to Iran because he lit oh, a yeah. fire under that team that wasn't there before. Absolutely. That was great. I think that was a phenomenal response. It, it stepped him up. It gave him a presence. And, um, you know, you could really feel the nuclear tension out of that guy's voice. You know, like it was – and then it was great response. And um, it, it's just – it's just crazy that you can get up there and ask people questions like that when your country just started letting women drive. You know? That's what I'm saying, bro. I, like I just was like this this guy this guy was out of pocket with that, and uh, I don't know. I, I love how it all played out. I, there was I put it on my Instagram. I got to pull it up and play the audio for people that might not have heard it. But it just was yeah. out of line, 
And and the press has to have a level of respect for these international players, right? For this is the World Cup. This is a this is a soccer player from the United States, a football player from the United States. That yeah, if he pronounces Iran wrong, it's not out of disrespect. And and the tone that this guy took with him, and then tried to ask him a question about you know playing for like stop it, bro. Like it, he tried to trip him up 100, percent and he jumped that wire no problem. And it was like you know what I'm happy to see some swag on the field a little bit this year. Guys dying their hair. A couple brothers out there now. We're past the Landon Donovan stages of yeah, uh, soccer. It's different. You know, we got some athletes running around, and we're winning. The, the Tim Gregory's of the world, the Landon Donovan's. Like it's funny to think about because I I remember really watching the World Cup for the first time in 2006. If you fast forward to now, right? Like th- these kids watched. I mean, they, Christian Pulisic is is an international superstar, and some of these other you know kids that are on the team they've played overseas too. Like these guys have grown up playing soccer, and it and it wasn't like looked down upon. Like they're they're a younger generation. I had a show last week or two weeks ago where I said, you know, I, I played football and we called soccer players foot fairies and we looked down on the soccer team like oh, that yeah. wasn't masculine enough. That wasn't tough enough. But I don't think these younger guys came up like that. Like they came up respected for being soccer players. And now you're starting to see that translate into wins. The United States hasn't given up a goal yet. They haven't lost a game yep. yet. And they just won and knocked off Iran with their superstar scoring the goal to win it. I think I think that's very good. I think that's progress. And I'm excited to see what they do Saturday when they face the Netherlands, where I just was. I was like, man, I should have stayed for another week to see the United States oh, yeah. play the Netherlands in the Netherlands. People are going to get up for Saturday's game. You know, that's good for soccer. And, I mean, you know, it's just the thing is they don't use the hands. It's a little weird, you know. I can't really justify 90 minutes for no scoring. But, you know what? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a good game, and I'll give you a shout back after the winter meetings, Ben. Thanks, Tom. It, it is interesting watching the game because, like, you know, I watched the game in the bar in England. I forget what it was. It was called, like, Greentown or something like that. I got to figure out which bar it was. You guys can look it up. It was it was a huge bar, um, like, in London. And uh, watching the game, it's not like watching basketball or football. It's like people get excited as the ball gets into the 18, like as it gets close. But there's a lot of angst and anxiety and a lot of, oh, and like a lot of letdown from like misses and and, and close calls. And it's just, I don't know, it, it wasn't, uh, I watched that at Greenwood Sports Pub and Kitchen in London. And I mean, they had a cover. Um, I ended up I ended up finessing. I got in for less than the cover, and I got some some drink tickets after talking to the people at the front. But it was packed in there. I'm talking about like shoulder to shoulder, nowhere to sit, standing room only. I was able to find my wife a seat, and I stood. Um, but like just watching the game, it wasn't like watching the NFL in a bar or watching the NBA in a bar or like even March Madness in a bar. It was a di- different vibe. And like I said, was the- it a playoff baseball feel? It wasn't even like playoff baseball because playoff baseball is like it's quiet and then you know we like we know how to watch baseball differently. I'm trying to think like there's nothing to compare it to. It's because the field is so big and I feel like it's just a lot of like staring at the. There's a lot of people just drinking and staring at the screen and then excitement coming when when the ball got close, but then nothing. And then as as it went on longer and longer with no score. It, it's like the life got sucked out of the place, but then as it got to the end of the game, people were getting fired up again, thinking like, this is it, they're going to score in the last seconds. And then when it was a draw final, for me, it was anticlimactic. But for everyone I was around from London, from England, 
you could tell they were upset. It was like a loss. How do you feel about like like do you so you didn't grow up being a soccer fan at all, right? Not like at most all. of us. It's so funny to me how you get people when the World Cup comes around, everyone has a complaint about the, about soccer, right? Everyone <laughs> everyone around has a complaint about soccer. Yeah. And it's like it's so weird to me because it seems like all the complaints that we have in this country about soccer is just because they don't do stuff the way we do it. American right? it's like, arrogance. That's how we are. It's, it's, but it, am I wrong? Like, it's so nah. unbelievably arrogant. It's like, oh, you You're don't do it the way on. we do it, so we're going to hate it. Like, because they don't have overtime. They, well, they do in, 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 in more of a, uh, an elimination-type game. They don't have a... And the fact that they can end in a tie, the fact that the clock keeps running, the fact that this and that, Can't everyone's review. got a problem with it. Like, dude, <laughs> just enjoy the international sport and just let them do them. Like... Like, no, they don't complain to us about everything. Like, you're spot on. Like, being in London and Amsterdam, right? Like, they, and Amsterdam, they actually drive on this, on the same side of the road as Did us. Did you try that? Uh, no, I didn't, I, I didn't drive in, I'm, I wouldn't drive in London or Amsterdam. I was partying the whole time. I didn't think about getting behind the wheel once. But what I'm saying is, you know, I'm trying to think of what else I saw over there. Just like, there's other, there's other, like, we call, we call uh, food like um, getting takeout. They call it takeaway. Uh, they like they just have their own terms and ways of doing things, and we do things differently here. And that's just is how it is. You know, we're Americans. That's why I don't know. I call it American arrogance because like when you go overseas and you see how they do things, uh, it's different. And that is the same thing with the World Cup. The World Cup. The whole world is watching this. The whole world is invested. The whole world cares. Americans are like, ah, I don't really care unless we win. Now, now I need your opinion on this before we go to the break. So, you got what people don't realize about soccer is every the, the whole world's playing, right? And all these countries that are so good at soccer, their best athletes in the entire country are playing on those soccer teams. So, yeah. the best athletes in Brazil and Argentina and England, they all grow up wanting to play soccer and playing soccer where... Our best athletes are split between four sports, if you put it at four, with baseball, basketball, football, and hockey. And baseball, and you'd probably say basketball and football are where our top premier athletes are Absolutely. playing. So I need your perspective on this. If soccer was our biggest sport, do you think that we would dominate the world in soccer? Like if, if we had, if LeBron James grew up training to play soccer— and we have like LeBron James, Chris Paul, Kyrie, Kevin Durant. We're trained. <laughs> I mean, it's it's weird to say, but those guys are are, are probably four of the top premier athletes there. in American sports. If we had them training as soccer players, Christian Pulisic might not even make the U.S. team if that was the case. Right. Like, I, do you think that we would dominate in the world when it comes to the world in soccer? Because we dominate all of athletics. I mean, similar to how we dominate the Olympics, the Olympics in basketball. Yeah. Um, similar to how we're supposed to dominate this World Baseball Classic coming up, we should. Baseball is America's pastime. The Dominicans are pretty good. Uh, in Little League, the Japanese are pretty good. Um, Puerto Ricans are pretty good. But, yeah, it's all about, like, how you grow up and what you look at and and what you want to do. Like I said, when I was young, man, I, can't, I wanted to play football. I wanted to go to the NFL because that's what like was cool. That's what was on TV. There's no soccer players in commercials. It's basketball players. It's it's football players. You idolize Michael Jordan, and you 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 know you grow up watching uh, Tom Brady. Like you don't there there isn't. I don't even. I can't even name. I I just named two soccer players from like a few years back. Tim Gregory and Landon Donovan. I can't really name that many guys. But I know that it is slightly changing, and I remember years ago saying it will change, it will change, it will change. And we're seeing the change now that the United States can go beat Iran one nothing, and even get, like, they. no matter what they do, they accomplish something. They got out of the group stage. They made it to the, to the Sweet 16 
um, in advance out of the round of 32. And then other countries, other countries that like that's pathetic. Like other countries <laughs> treat it like the Yankees. Like we treat the Yankees when they lose in the first round. Yeah. Like you think getting there is an accomplishment? Like we we think getting there is an. We're like the Tampa Bay Rays. Getting to the playoffs works for us. Whereas. I was in England. These people were disgusted that they had a draw with the United States again. As if we I would be disgusted in 2010. If, as if we were disgusted that we that it took us five games again to beat the Guardians. Think about it. <laughs> Yankee fans were disgusted that it took us only five games to beat the Guardians. We weren't grateful exactly. that we were going to the ALCS. We weren't great. Like we we can't be grateful if the Yankees win a pennant next year. We won't be grateful because if they lose the World Series, oh, not good enough. They can't win it. Think about that. Like won the AL East. Who cares? 99 games, not good enough. You guys sucked for a month. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Fascinating to me just how other countries watch sports and how you're right. The American arrogance is just, it's incredible. Love this country, but it's like the way we watch sports is The worldview is different, man. And that's why I like going overseas. I encourage people to travel and go elsewhere. It is a trip. It is like being in a dream. Like, like it's flipped. <laughs> the things that you do in America, you see in America, they don't do them the same way. They don't think the same way. And honestly, they've been around a lot longer than we have. And we just are like, ah, no, nah, we're the best. This is how it should be. This is how I see it. And hopefully the United States keeps winning and getting better. And we'll see what happens. Keith McPherson on the fan. The number to dial is 877-337-6666. Let's break it down and we'll come right back. Yes, sir. Right back at it. A little bit after 1240 on the fan. Keith McPherson, your nighttime host. Checking back in. Been off for a little while. Good to be back. Still trying to get my thoughts and words together. Uh, The time zone. I was in a time zone that's five hours ahead of our time zone for a a week. So I'm adjusting, right? I I think. Um, (laughs) But it is kind of tough to like read and uh, get my words out correctly. So bear with me if I say something like, yeah, Christmas is the 24th, and I know Christmas is the 25th. (laughs) But back to what we were talking about with the World Cup, and I do want to get into conversation around um, Aaron Judge's contract, around the Astros signing Jose Abreu, around Benintendi maybe signing with the Astros, uh, about where the chips will fall in this offseason, uh, where we think at least. But I do want to continue with this World Cup conversation because uh, I went across the world. I, I did watch United States versus England in a draw, and I think I accidentally said on here that the United States hadn't given up a goal. They did. They gave up a goal to uh, Gareth Bale from Wales in that first game. I watched that first game. It was a little deflating. That was the first game that came on. It was like a 2 o'clock game on like Monday or Tuesday of last week. I watched that first game. They go up one nothing. You're all excited. Then um, the PK happens. They tie the game, and it's a draw. So they go draw, draw. The second draw, I'm in London surrounded by Brits. And I watch the United States tie, and I'm like, yeah, they didn't lose. And they're all, like, ready to fight over a draw against the United States. There was a video that went viral of English people throwing their, their beers at the screen. Okay, whatever. But after the draw, I kind of was just like, I don't know. You know, that's two draws. Maybe they're not able to win. Maybe they're not good enough to win a game. Maybe they're they're at the point this year where they're just good enough to hang around. And then we get this interview with Tyler Adams and a foolish reporter from Iran, not Iran, 
And uh, we were able to pull up the clip. Brian has it. Brian, let's play the audio so anyone that didn't hear this understands what potentially led to the United States going and knocking off Iran. You say you support the Iranian people, but you're pronouncing our country's name wrong. Our country is named Iran, not Iran. Please, once and for all, let's get this clear. Second of all, um, are you okay to be representing a country that has so much discrimination against black people in its own borders? And uh, we saw the Black Lives Matter movement uh, over the past few years. My apologies on uh, the mispronunciation of your country. Um, yeah, that being said, you know, there's discrimination uh, everywhere you go. Um, you know, one thing that I've learned, especially from living abroad in the past years and uh, having to fit in in different cultures, is that in the U.S. we're, we're continuing to make progress uh, every single day. I grew up in a, in a white family with an obviously an African-American heritage and background as well. So um, I had a little bit of uh, different cultures and I, I was very, very easily able to assimilate in different different cultures. So, um, you know, not everyone has that, that ease and uh, the ability to do that. And obviously it takes longer to understand. And through education, I think it's it's super important. Like you just educated me now on the pronunciation of, of your country. So, um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a process. I think as, as long as you see progress, uh, that's the most important thing. What a boss. He handled it like a G, honestly, right? Because me, I probably would have been like, whoa, whoa, whoa. First off, who are you talking to, bro? I don't know you. You're a reporter from Iran, Iran, talking to me. Like, I'm a player in this World Cup. Uh, like, watch your tone. Like, I didn't like the fact that he said to him, Please, once and for for all, let's get this clear. Let's get this clear, bro. I'm American. I don't I don't speak your native tongue, your accent, right? I'm not, I don't mean any disrespect. And then also, I didn't like the fact that this guy said, like, how do you feel playing for the United States when there's so much discrimination against Black people? And then also him saying, we saw the Black Lives Matter movement over the last few years. S T F U. You're from. Iran, you saw things on social media and TV. You weren't actually here watching people protest. I was in some of those protests. They were peaceful protests for the most part. In Iran, you're not allowed to protest. There's a long list of things in Iran that are wrong. From unfairly giving people the death penalty to not having proper health care for people when COVID hit. Um, there's discrimination right they're talking he's talking about discrimination against black people and how do you feel as a black man playing for the united states bro how do you feel as a reporter from iran on some type of high horse when there's issues against women against the lgbtq community uh against religious minorities in your country there's a long list of things wrong that like you got you got to look at yourself first before you get on on that type of stage and uh you know spark that I light that fire. I don't know. I think that really did light a fire under the United States, and uh, it definitely added something to that match. And I know uh, when I saw yesterday that they won, I think I was flying back, um, and when I got off the flight last night, I, I, I checked the uh, score. I wasn't able to watch on the flight, and I was like, yes, they won. Won nothing. They did it. And uh, I think there's going to be some Iranian, Iranian, whatever, people that are probably upset with that reporter with the tone that he took with one of the United States players, and he added something to a match that wasn't there before. There was nothing, there was no hostility, animosity, uh, there was nothing there, and he kind of manufactured that. And then the United States wins, and they go party, and now they advance, and uh, guess who got the best of them? I, I had a comment on 
Undisputed, I think it is. Undisputed's Instagram, where, uh, and I actually got, you know, I got, like, I don't know, a couple likes on it, but I got in front of this thing. So let me see if I can find it on Instagram. If you go to Uninterrupted's Instagram and you find this post with Tyler Adams, in the comments, I said, now go shock the world and knock off Iran. And I spelled Iran E-A-R, like we spell ear, and on A-W-N. And uh, it got 30 likes now. You know, I put it on my Instagram story so some people followed up. But, uh, you know, some people said to me, this guy goes, you'll learn to pronounce it cor- correctly when they eliminate the U.S. tomorrow. Never happened. Someone said, uh, don't take anything. It doesn't take anything to respect the country. It's not so difficult to pronounce. I said, he meant no res- no disrespect. That reporter sound disrespected. So F him. And then a couple other people go back and forth on Instagram comments like it goes. But for me, I'm proud of the United States. I'm a proud of th- I'm proud of that young black man representing the United States and representing black people that are here that are proud to be American, like myself, who was in London with an American flag bandana on and an NYC shirt repping, right? We are allowed to protest. There has been progress since 2020 in the Black Lives Matter movement. And uh, I think there's other countries like that that's a perfect example of them being confused, right? Your way of life is nothing like our way of life. And uh, what you see on Instagram and Twitter, we don't get to see the injustices that go on in, in your countries. And we don't really care to see them. But I, I just thought that was disrespectful how that reporter spoke to one of our players. And I love the way that, that he responded and then the, the team responded on the field. So World Cup talk. There is uh, my World Cup talk from what I missed. Uh, and I'm glad we were able to speak on it. Go United States. Go Team America. F yeah. Like, go go shock some more people. Go get it done. They're facing the, the Netherlands Saturday, and now all of a sudden people are going to be hyped up for that game, right? College football is, is done for uh, most of the schools. Saturday, you can see United States take on the Netherlands, and hopefully they're able to knock them off. And like I said, I was just out there in Amsterdam. Um you know, being being black and going to other countries, that's a different experience too. There, there, you know, there were some black people in Amsterdam, but not that many, not that many. So I'm walking around. I'm a black dude, six two with dreads, shiny sunglasses, Jordans on. Like there were definitely some places we walked into where they're looking at me like, "Hey, bro!" Like I was, I was in a like really nice restaurant with my wife when you know I said I looked around. I was like, "I'm the only." black human in this place and it's it's an interesting experience uh no one's gonna say anything right but they're thinking it and they're you know i got some looks but like i don't i don't mind you heard tyler adams talk about he grew up in a white family he was adopted and he also went abroad and he's got experience adapting and learning and uh you know blending in or fitting in with different cultures however he said it and and you all it takes is education. You need to learn. That's something I I, I like about traveling and leaving the country. I've, I've been to a couple countries, a couple different cities, and and I I just love the perspective of going elsewhere and uh, realizing that you know America isn't everything. It isn't um, you know there's people in other countries that are are not thinking about us or doing things the way we do it. And you are a small speck of dust on this earth. It is a large planet, and uh, I know we you know. We get uh, stuck in our own heads about what America is, and uh, our worldview sometimes can be clouded, and there's some American arrogance, but 
I mean, if you get the chance, and you know, I know it's it's not free, but try and travel and get a different perspective. I definitely do, and I think it makes you a better person. I feel more well-rounded when I come back from these Euro trips or, you know, whether it's going to, you know, Mexico's a little different, but uh, <laughs> going to Ireland, going to going to Holland, the Netherlands, going to London, going to Brussels, going to, you know, places around there. It just it, it gives you a, a more well-rounded perspective, and I think people need that. And I think that reporter definitely needed some perspective um, because what you saw from the Black Lives Black Lives Matter movement on Instagram and, and Twitter, uh, and then you tried to check one of our players on that without checking your own house and checking your own country and the injustice. You could literally Google uh, issues in Iran. I did that during the break, and there's a bunch of links and articles to all the things that go wrong there. Um, I thought that was super strange that a reporter would actually ask one of our guys a question like that. Let's go to Rob in Brooklyn on the fan. What's up, Rob? Hey, how are you, man? I appreciate you talking about this. So, I'm actually an Iranian-American. Uh, you know, I'm a doctor. I was born there. I was actually, you know, I'm also Jewish. So, at one point, you know, I had to, uh, I was I was in prison there. Oh, wow. So, just oh, so, wow. Yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'm speaking from self-experience a little bit. Obviously, I'm a very proud American. But, you know, you, you got you to gotta be able to differentiate between the Iranian people and the Iranian government. You know, the Iranian people... Uh, I guarantee you were as pissed off as we are when they heard that reporter because they know the track record of the government. They know what it's like. That reporter himself also, there's one of two possibilities. Either he was a mouthpiece for the government and, you know, they sent him to do that to try to embarrass America. Or, just as likely, his family is in a dungeon somewhere and they said, look, you go and try to make America look bad by, by starting with the coach and, and, and the captain, or God knows what's going to happen to your kids and your family. You know, uh, the way it works in these countries, especially Iran, is, is very different than what you and I are used to. You know, we think about peaceful protests. There is no such a thing. I mean, if, if you've been following what's going on there for, for, the past, for the past six months, for the past 30 years, it's abysmal. It's an embarrassment. And... The one thing I wish Tyler would have done differently is spoken out more, you know, in in uh, support of the Amer- of the uh, Iranian people. You know, something to the effect of Americans support the Iranian people. We wish the, re- the regime would not be doing what they're doing. Something like that. But I understand why he can't. He's an athlete. Yeah. But you know, yeah. that's that's my two cents. Rob, thank you for that call. So you never know who's listening, and this is New York, where. There are people from all over the world, right? And they do have a worldview. They do have a perspective, and they've come here. Uh, you know, I met a guy in Amsterdam who said his little brother uh, was really good at tennis and came here, uh, went to a tennis school, and never came back. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, and he, he's asking me about America and, and where I've been, and this. he's like, yeah, he lives in California. He's never coming back. You know, I... I, I don't think you always need to fight fire with fire, but I definitely, you know, like the caller just said, there are definitely some Iranian people that probably wanted someone to speak up for them. I don't think that was Tyler Adams' place, um, and maybe he isn't educated enough to speak on the issues. Neither am I. I just know a quick Google search and what I had already known, I just thought it was super weird. Like, what's the, what's the phrase? My mom used to use the phrase, uh, the pot calling the kettle black. It's just like you can't, like, you can't do that. You have your own issues, and you're calling out our issues. 
it doesn't feel right, doesn't sound right. And uh, yeah, maybe that reporter had some type of motive that wasn't his own or who knows. But man, the way it played out, it it just added something to this World Cup. It added something to the United, United States team. Um, I know I saw that that clip before the game, and I and and all of a sudden it made that game mean more. Go knock them off. I actually I was where was I at in the, in an Uber? Uh, I think I was in Amsterdam talking to someone about the World Cup. They were asking me, oh, "Are you following the United States?" I'm like, "Ah, not really." And they were like, "You know, they've got Iran next." I'm like, "Didn't Iran score like six goals uh, against Wales?" And then the United States had had a draw against Wales. I'm like, "So." You know, technically, don't you expect Iran to beat the United States 2-0? And he's like, no, no, I, I don't expect that. He's like, I think they'll be able to hold their own. It might be another draw. The United States might even win. Next thing you know, the United States wins. I think in the 38th minute, Christian Pulisic. Like, that's that's a big moment for United States soccer. And uh, hopefully they can keep it going. I don't know. Let's see. Moving the line along. Alex is in Brooklyn now on the fan. What's up, Alex? Alex, are you there? Oh, nah. Well, call us back when you can, Alex. I thought we were going to shift the conversation. Alex wanted to talk about the New York football Giants, and I want to talk about the Giants as well. Uh, We're coming up on 1 o'clock. I've got one more hour. We should shift into Week 13 NFL conversations surrounding the Giants, surrounding the Jets, and these matchups. I mean, we're at the point now where teams know if they're, you know, on the cusp, in the hunt, in the playoffs, some are jockeying for position, some are fighting. But there's great games coming up this weekend. We already mentioned the Jets and Vikings. Obviously, that's a big matchup, 7-4 and four versus 9-2. and two. The Giants host the Commanders. I feel like this is a game the Giants got to take. They got to find a way to win it. Like, they figured out how to win their other seven games close for the most part. They got to find a way to win it. I mean, kicking off with Thursday Night Football, Bills-Patriots, Bills going uh, into New England. Should be interesting. The Bills need a win. I think they go in and uh, knock off the Patriots after they had a good showing on Thanksgiving. Really interested in seeing what the Titans-Eagles game looks like. The Titans coming off of this Bengals loss. I think they're a talented team. The Eagles are a team that I'm just rooting to see like lose more. Broncos-Ravens. The Broncos, I mean... This whole thing with Russell Wilson is funny. I had in my notes, like, Russell Wilson has a high price tag. Zach Wilson was a high draft pick. Nobody respects either one of them in their locker rooms. Because the respect isn't earned off of your contract or your draft status. Your respect is earned off of what you do on the field. Keith McPherson on the fan. Let's talk NFL. Now it's Thursday. Thursday night football is on the way. Week 13. Jets fans call me up. Giants fans call me up. And we'll continue the conversation right after this quick timeout. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. For a 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.